0: Welcome to the Bluegrass Bammer podcast. I'm Stephanie Boyd, your host. In case you didn't know, Bammer stands for Badass Mother Runner. This podcast will bring you stories from across Kentucky and beyond about badass women running and the people that support them. Let's get started. Good
1: morning or good afternoon, depending on when you're listening to this show, uh, the Bluegrass Bamer podcast. I'm Stephanie Boyd, and I am so happy to be able to have Tavi Tishner with us this morning. Good morning, Tavi. How are you? Hey, good morning slash
2: good afternoon. I recently ran the Chicago Marathon, and there you go. Having me on.
1: <laughs> Thanks for coming. Um, so for those that don't know Tavi, and she's going to tell you a little bit about herself here in a minute. I actually, um Met Tavi through indirectly through the work that she does as a yoga instructor, and uh, she's part of our running community here in Louisville. And uh, so she's been very supportive of all the runners here locally. And I know that she has a string, a network of runners outside of the Louisville community as well that uh, she's friends with and supportive. But I'm going to let her start off by telling her a little bit about uh, herself. So, Tavi, Tell us um, what words in general do you use to label yourself as a human being? Kind of give us some descriptors or um, if you're meeting somebody for the first time in 30 seconds, how do you tell them what you're about?
2: Okay, the Cliff Notes version of who I am would be a mom of an 18 month old, a wife, a yoga instructor, um, an ultra marathon runner, and a member of the Fleet Feet Elite Team, so. Running yoga family. That's it in a nutshell.
1: Perfect. I'd say that's a good summary from what I know about you. So yeah. um that that's all pretty concise. And so your 18 month old um has kind of just been a part of your running, I think from the very beginning, right? So yeah, <laughs> she's, uh, she's gonna um <laughs> yeah, she may be when someone asks her to describe herself, she's gonna be like, um, I'm a runner's daughter. I'm a <laughs> yeah. when she's older maybe that's what she'll she'll think of first and we're going to talk about you running with her as well because you know a lot of the listeners um that listen to this podcast what listeners are from all over uh, the United States and in a couple of foreign countries but a lot of them are females a lot of them are are our age um and a lot of them have children and so I always love to have moms that are runners come on the show because there's just always something new that we can learn from each other so uh, we're going to talk about uh, running with children and balancing all of that to today, hopefully. But um, I want to kind of start from the beginning, as far back as you want to go, or as far back as you're comfortable with going, to talk about when you started running, like what were your first memories of running? Were you, did you start running early in life, later in life? Tell us a little bit about how you started.
2: Um,
1: yeah, basically since
2: I learned to walk, I remember um, my first memory was there was like a Kentucky Derby race um, for my school when I was in kindergarten. And I remember like winning that race as a little female kindergartner, which was kind of cool to be like beating the boys. (laughs) Um, So I was asking about cross country from an early age and I was able to start running in second grade. So um, I think I'm a unique case in that. Uh, since second grade through now, um, I've never had a running injury, um, and I think oh, more than the statistics are. I'm not dr- exactly right on this. 85% of runners experience one or more uh, injuries during their career. So, mm-hmm. I think I've been either genetics or like the cross training that I do. I've been really lucky to run literally my entire life,
1: mm-hmm. yeah. So I know you're big into injury prevention and um, so, you know being supportive of runners in that effort. So, but as far as the genetics go, do you come from a family of runners or a family of athletes? And how, you know, do you, did you watch other people make mistakes or be really preventative in their you know, um, in sport?
2: No, it's like, we're just all made of bubble wrap maybe. Um, <laughs> nobody else in my family runs, but they definitely, my sisters um, compete on a national level in indoor and outdoor rock climbing and speed climbing. My brother played uh, tennis in college. My dad was a semi-professional golfer. My mom was cheerleading, captain gymnastics, all the things I'm terrible at because they involve coordination. So we, uh, yeah, we're interesting. I think we've all done a little bit of everything. So
1: that's amazing. So you, you started running cross country and how did you get into, you know, I mean, you know, a lot of kids will do cross country through high school and sometimes into college, but they tend to drift off and, you know, do other things. My, my sons are both in cross country and their coaches say they will see, you know, around the 14, 15 year old mark is, you know, athletes will either take off and really, you know, stick with the sport for the rest of high school. And then that's, but that's the age where you'll also see teenagers drop off out of the sport for different reasons. So what kept you motivated to continue running and um, kind of what happened after high school? Um,
2: I guess to me, like my relationship with running, it's been such a constant for my mental health as well as my physical health that kind of felt like I almost didn't have an option. Um, I did take a gap year between high school and college because, um, competing track cross-country indoor track you know that year round
1: uh, Mm -hmm.
2: having a race every single weekend sometimes every day of the weekend um, definitely was getting to me and I think from an early age I recognized that uh, mental burnout is going to affect physical performance so I took a gap year and um, I still ran but I didn't really compete Um, and then I turned around and was able to run and college I think because I took that break and recently I'm still in communication with my college cross country teammates I do believe um only one or two of us is still running Mm -hmm. they everyone else was like no I I don't have a desire to run anymore like we were doing extremely high mileage weeks and yeah they all got burned out
1: so Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah that's so you you bring a great point that's been brought up in the media really more recently, especially with um, gymnasts, gymnasts and professional gymnasts, is the mental health piece. You know, we've seen that with the Olympics recently, and um, you know, probably when you were running and when you were younger. I don't, I don't know your age. I know you're younger than me, but um, mental health, the mental health piece, just wasn't something that was a focus. And quite frankly, physical, you know, physical health as well. You know, the same warm ups, the same uh, rest and recovery that young athletes experience now. I I doubt that you did when you were running. And that focus on mental health has now become such a huge piece. Um, And just runners in the Louisville community and the female runners that I'm friends with, a lot of the reasons why they run now is they're not competitive runners. Maybe they never were, but it's really for their mental health and to help balance um, stress and parenting and all of those, it's their time to be able to focus on themselves and, um, you know, unwind a little bit. So I'm glad that you brought that up because I think sometimes we push that to the back, you know, um, that's not a priority, especially when we have so many other things as women that we have to do in the day, (laughs) you know, our own mental health is sometimes not a focus. So that's pretty insightful for you as a younger person um in high school or college to recognize that and even step back from it
2: yeah I mean I think in in retrospect I can label it and like verbalize it now um and I think like in the moment as a teenager I wasn't like I need to prioritize my mental health I was just like I thinking about running thinking about competing is just fatiguing rather than energizing and and that was enough of a feeling to be like I can't compete right now. Um, Mm -hmm. I need to just take a step back. And so, yeah, I'm sure more people probably need to do that, but it's like a a double standard. Like people, um, regardless of running or in life, they preach self-care. And then Mm -hmm. at the same time, it's like an unwritten rule that your uh, self-worth is kind of intertwined with um, your productivity. Mm -hmm. And so the more races you win, the more miles you run in a week like but at the same time take care of yourself so you kind of have to find for you that sweet spot of what's too much and what's not enough and Mm -hmm. you know it can change depending on number of children amount of sleep you have Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm.
1: (laughs) yeah and just if you know the physiological response to having a child and then you know everybody's like well you have to bounce back you know and get your body back and you're like this is my this is what I'm dealing with right now I'm not <laughs> this is my body I'm not getting my body back I have to work with what I have today and just trying to navigate that especially after having one child it you know your first child it's all new the recovery from being pregnant and um, you know giving birth and all of that so it's, but your second, your subsequent pregnancies can be different and affect you different and you're older. And so it's, it's a constant shift in how you deal with some of that. So there's all this mental fortitude to being able to make, you know, make some adjustments and being okay with that. And have you seen that like just progressing over time and especially being a new mom, what type of adjustments have you had to make? Um, with your running and your training and and talk to us a little bit about that have you experienced any struggles with just making the time and the balance and all of that
2: um yeah definitely I think you said the word balance and like a visual kind of came to mind for (laughs) trying to run with well she's like more of a toddler now but instead of a balance Mm -hmm. it's just kind of like dropping stuff and like picking up the pieces and trying to put stuff together it's like a constant dance of like begging at this point like I give her like an applesauce and get her in the stroller and it's like bribery um so uh there's an expression we make time for what's important and you know you don't have time you make time because there have been so many days where I used to like think back to where I didn't think I had quote-unquote time to run and it's like if I could see me in a year I'd be you know so yeah you just sometimes you have to break up your run um Mm -hmm. last month I was doing for two months i did two a days every day with my daughter mm-hmm. um she was not in daycare or anything like that it was like all stroller um was it exhausting yes but i was able to do it so
1: mm-hmm. yeah just you saying that i'm over here going like i'm yeah, absorbing exactly- some of what you had to do <laughs> as a mom it's just hard so but you know we figure it out like no one gives us a manual so you know, you figure it out as you go and it's specific to what your lifestyle is and you just make it work. And I think you're doing a great job of that. You know, clearly you've had a lot of adventures since she was born and you're doing a great job. So you're figuring it out. You're putting that piece of pieces of puzzle together. And sometimes the puzzle gets, you know, you're missing one piece or you have to take a couple pieces out and put them in another spot, but it all falls together.
2: right the dog chewed the
1: path the puzzle and yeah (laughs) right now you have to stop and go to the vet you know yeah yep that's my life (laughs) so so tell us how you got uh, obviously if you were in the Louisville area or just in any running community growing up you probably had experiences with with Fleet Feet and so tell us how you got hooked up with the elite group there and what your experience has been like with that um
2: yeah you know it was actually Interesting. I originally, yoga has been a great networking for me. Um, I originally, before I was running with them competitively, I uh, was doing yoga for runners. Um, And from there, I was able to meet some of like the qualification standards for uh, joining the elite team. And my relationship with them, obviously still very strong. I work for them and run for them. Um, And so from that, we've been uh, able to kind of add like trail runners and ultra runners to the elite team because that's definitely my wheelhouse or my my passion. Uh, I definitely prefer trail over roads, so that's been really fun to compete Mm -hmm. under their name um, in trail and ultra races.
1: Yeah it's um so we'll probably talk about this a little bit more, but I didn't, I was not introduced to, I did not run cross country growing up. And so I wasn't introduced to trail running until way after I'd started running roads. Um, and it takes a shift and um, some people really love trail running for me, it's kind. It's um, takes a little bit more effort because I have to pay attention to what I'm doing. Whereas in road running, I can just zone out and, <laughs> and really not have to pay so much attention. And so, Um, But when I started trail running, there were not a lot of women that I knew that were running trails. And the only women I knew that were running ultra marathons in in this area at that time were older than me or about my age. And they were some of the only women that were running. And this wasn't very long ago. Um, I think my first trail race was like in 2016 or something. So I've seen such a growth in that in more women um, at the ultra races that I've been to. And I see more and more women running trails, which makes me really happy. So are you seeing that as well? I mean, is that something that you've noticed or tell us a little bit about um, kind of who you're seeing when you're out running and competing? And is it, Does it look different?
2: Yeah, I, uh, you said it well. Um, I think, gosh, when I did my first uh, trail race mm-hmm. through now, I would love to see like statistics on like male versus female participants in trail and ultra running. Just, I would say even in the past uh, two to three years, I think there's been just an explosion. Like, and I, you know, I'm all for it. It's awesome. Um, yeah. But yeah, I kind of, it's kind of, it was kind of cool to be like a pioneer, Um, you know, almost like, oh wait, we can do this too. And, um, or like, you know, in Berkeley seeing like the amount of uh, women finishing races that um are definitely male male dominated so Mm -hmm, yeah mm -hmm. it's kind of cool nice to see girl power (laughs) out there yes
1: absolutely so thinking about some of the longer distance races that you've completed and i know you've completed a lot of those um when did you decide that marathon distance or farther was like that's where it was at and that's what you wanted to do
2: pretty early on But like I said, now it's in retrospect, like looking back, it's like very clear. So um, for example, like when I did track, I definitely excelled at the two mile. And then when I did cross country, like in college, um, I did not like 5Ks, I liked 8Ks a lot better. Um, I convinced my mom to let me run my first half marathon when I was 12, I think. And I was able to run the same minute mile pace as my like 5k cross country pace so I realized young that the longer I go the better I do because I'm able to hold that endurance and I don't necessarily love speed um so like pretty much right when I turned 18 I signed up for a marathon because I was like really excited to see um if I liked obviously I like marathons um and I don't I I made sure that I qualified Actually, a lot of people scared me, so I made sure that I qualified for Boston first while I still had a lot of road speed before I started transitioning to competing in ultras, but I am starting to realize that it is possible to compete in trail and road, Um, so I think a lot of the people that gave me kind of quote-unquote advice, like, I don't know, maybe
1: they didn't didn't know me
2: (laughs) or my grit, but I don't know, so...
1: Right. No, absolutely. And I see, you know, you see some of the professionals that are out there, they're doing both and they're winning, you know, the females are winning. <laughs> so it's like, um, I'm sorry that you maybe got scared or that someone scared you because I'm glad you didn't let that hold you back. And a lot of that people you... said,
2: say goodbye to your speed, like mm-hmm. multiple people.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, I hate to <laughs> say I told you so, but Tommy's like, yeah. I told you so. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so now let's talk about some of your recent endeavors because this intrigues me on many, many levels. Um, I know that you've had some grand adventures in your running from the Grand Canyon to the Barkley Fall Classic. So I want you to tell us a little bit about um, some of your recent races and especially I know people want to hear about the Barkley Fall Classic. This year, um, you were one of the few Kentucky People that were there, and I think it was you yeah. and one other Kentucky female that were there, if I remember right. Um, but it could have been less than that, or it could have been more than more Kentucky people than I remember. Um, but talk to us about just your training. So obviously, in Kentucky, it's difficult to train for races like this. Um, just we don't have the elevation, and we don't have the same landscape as some of these other um, courses that you're on. So talk to us about how you prepare uh, for a race like this. And a lot of it, you know, clearly physically you're prepared, it's more of a strategy in terms of uh, the court, you know, not knowing until you get there, really what the course is like and uh, all the rules that are associated, especially with the Barclay Fall Classic. So talk us through that a little bit and how you prepare for that and what race day was like for some of these races.
2: Um, yeah, it's definitely more, I mean, it's definitely physical. It's definitely more, uh, mental than physical. I think, I mean, you know, looking back, it wasn't really very comparable because once you get to frozen head, you're like, Oh crap. Um, but I, I tried to do a lot of training, um, at Jefferson Memorial forest, just in the Louisville area. I think maybe Bernheim and Jefferson Memorial Forest um are the closest. I say that. Uh um so Scottscap, uh Siltstone, um I did a lot of like super long, um like timed ultra, like an eight hour, or a twelve hour where the goal was just just time on feet. Um and that was almost more for nutrition practice mm-hmm. than miles. Um, so just Um, and then he sent an email out like just a few days before that we weren't allowed to have gels, which like, of course not, because I had only trained with spring energy gels. So, you know, it was kind of, but that's, uh, that's very like Lazarus Lake style Mm to, um, your plan gets like flipped on its head and you just rally anyway, or you don't. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I was doing, uh, during my peak, I was doing, um, 80 mile weeks for two months, yes with a baby um and six hours of yoga on top of that um so it was just like eat sleep stretch yeah <laughs> it was very it was all encompassing yeah. but I, I remember running and I remember being like in the middle of the woods by myself like if I had not done that weekly mileage I wouldn't have a chance at finishing so Mm -hmm. I'm glad Mm -hmm. some of the days I did not want to get up and do 10 miles on a Tuesday or 13 miles on a Wednesday 20 back like back-to-back 20s every other weekend but I did so yeah
1: yeah. so so I'm gonna ask you this and I'm gonna guess I know the answer but for people listening who maybe haven't completed a lot of long-distance races or um you know Ultra marathons, what possesses you to want to go to the Barclay Fall Classic and finish? Like, because something has to take over your body and your mind, to be able to do that, to even have the nerve to you know, to enter into the field and then to go and you successfully completed that race. I mean, what what was the um what was the reasoning? Why did you want to do it?
2: That's a good question because I've <laughs> A lot of my yoga students that aren't runners uh, at studios and stuff have said, why? And it's kind of hard to explain to a non runner why. Mm-hmm. Cause I would label the Barclay Fall Classic as not type one or type two fun. Like it's not fun during or after or mm-hmm. in hindsight. It's mm-hmm. like only mm-hmm. if only if you want to. Test your mental and absolute physical limits. So the the description on Ultra Sign Up for the Barclay Fall Classic says your very best isn't good enough. It takes even more than that. Um, and so like obviously, as I've been talking, it's probably becoming clear that I like to challenge um, myself and I like to prove people wrong more than that. So I'm I don't know if there's statistics out there, but I'm going to guess. Not many women have ever finished the Barkley Fall Classic, but more than that, women that gave birth last year. So, like I said, I kind of wanted to be the pioneer, and I didn't like get out there and said, you know, say like I had a bit like making excuses and stuff. I just wanted to see just for myself. And the other women I'm talking to, like one of them said she had a, uh, you know, two year old at home, so it's not like I'm doing anything that crazy. Um, Mm -hmm. I think you know it's probably a personality thing, like the mom ultra runners like, we're going to get it. We're going to get it done. Um, even mm-hmm. if we're crawling on our hands and knees through the mud for two hours. So, <laughs> which we yeah. did multiple times.
1: <laughs> yeah. And I, I know on your social, um, some of your social pages, or maybe it was just Instagram, you have posted a picture of your legs afterwards, which we all, if we know about Barclays, we know about rat jaw and all the fun elements <laughs> out in the middle of Tennessee woods so your legs how are they (laughs) I have to ask I just wanted I've been wanting to ask you since I saw the photo
2: (laughs) um they're all right I mean it's three weeks out at this point so I was kind of hoping they wouldn't like scar I don't think they're very deep they're pretty surface level but I was like pretty tan from running through the summer and now like it's fall so it's kind of like um the scabs that were there are now like super white and like so it's it looks it looks pretty obvious um so i've gotten some weird looks i generally tell people i just was like hiking off trail and stuff because i don't it's hard to explain (laughs) what i actually did
1: (laughs) well and you don't have time when you're standing somewhere you know in a short chat to explain what the Barclay fall classic is that takes more than a few seconds to explain. No, so,
2: usually like they give me a blank stare and just blink and say, Oh, so.
1: <laughs> yeah. And you're right. When you're talking to other people that don't run, it's hard to explain. I mean, people don't even understand why you run a 5k or a 10k or a, mar- or a marathon. So to try to explain, you know, we do get in this part where we tend to, we will surround ourselves with people that are doing what we're doing or you know the people that we're training alongside, or people that have raced what we've raced, and it becomes our normal. But then when you're when you're talking to people that aren't in that circle, it does sound a little crazy. I mean, it's not; it's normal for us. But um, to explain it to other people, it's sometimes hard to put into words. But I think you're right. Like just challenging yourself, like how far can I take this? How far can what can't? What are my limits? Are there limits? Um, let's figure out you know, what those are. I think there are just some people that are wired to want to work that way. Um, So I totally understand what you're saying, you know, in terms of, I I don't want to go to the Barkley Ball Classic um, to find my limits, but I mean, there are other things I would do to, to test my limits for sure. So I think when you're looking at it like that, everybody's threshold is just different and you're just pushing to see how you'll fare. And so you You turned around after Barclay and then you got ready to run Chicago Marathon. So how was that experience? You know, you're coming off a really brutal physical and mental challenge. And how do you get ready for an amazing world major race?
2: Yeah, so it's funny. I remember um, this is like the year I got into everything, of course. So I remember like starting to get the emails and then starting to actually write things down and realizing okay, these are a few weeks apart. Um, and completely, I mean, technically, yes, they're both categorized as running, but to me, they're completely different sports. One is endurance and honestly, not even that much running. Like I'm talking, we weren't allowed to have poles and like the elevation change could be so crazy that we were crawling on our hands and knees. Mm -hmm. Um, and Mm -hmm. the other is obviously flat running as fast as you can, um, different muscle groups. Um, and different. I mean, in an ultra, as you know, it's more of rest and digest. There's a lot more you can eat slash should eat because you're out there a lot longer. And and for me, in a road marathon, it's kind of fight or flight, and my mm-hmm. stomach's not really digesting. Um, it's got to be quick sugars. It's got to be almost all liquid. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just remember thinking, yeah, it's possible to do both, but it's kind of like, can you play every instrument in the band, really well, like? drums and electric guitar there's only so many hours in a day so i talked to my coach actually on thursday i mean i'll just be transparent i was feeling the feeling the mental burnout um i'm a human um i i put down some pretty good workouts but my turnover was reflecting that like six thirty or so mile pace was like i had led bricks strapped to my legs and like Mm -hmm. yes I was able to like win a 10k last weekend at that pace but that's six miles um add 20 so um I just on uh just a few days ago I went in and I was kind of he turned into a therapist and I was like I I can't race this I I was like (laughs) I looked like a deer in headlights and he just said something that was like oh yeah he's like just don't wear your watch And I was like, oh, yeah, that's that's a good idea. (laughs) Um, I can actually just run Mm -hmm. like I used to because I like running and it's in a new place and the crowd support is great. So instead of just angrily staring down at my wrist for twenty six point two miles, I can like feel the autumn breeze on my skin. I can like look at the crowd and like there were some crazy fun signs and like goofy costumes and there's people all around me that I can talk to. So it was like mm-hmm. a novel concept for me and um I def I mean I didn't I didn't jog. I still, I still ran pretty hard but it was like a good mm-hmm. a good workout for me and um mm-hmm. yeah it was kind of nice to take take the pressure off take the foot off the gas uh, so to speak. Yeah.
1: Good. Yeah, you have and that's part of that puzzle, right? Because I mean obviously you've been running for a long time. What's your plan? I mean, you want some longevity in your running life, you know, and so you have to adjust as needed. It sounds like your coach is really supportive of that. So I imagine that that will just help you build and continue to run for as long as you want, you know, whatever that plan is. Do you, what are, what are you thinking about, you know, in the near future and the long term? how, where do you see yourself in terms of running? Like, are there things that you think you haven't even thought about doing yet? Or are you like, yeah, I'm just going to, maybe sign up for a race here and there and local races I know you do all the time so do you have any big things on the horizon or are you just playing about your for the rest of the year and see what happens since this was the year of all the all the musical instruments
2: yeah, yeah it really was every instrument in the band um, the nice thing about running is there's always going to be maybe there's something that hasn't even been created yet um, there's always going to be something different so like getting outside of my comfort zone. I really enjoy that. I think that's like how growth happens. Um, so even maybe even like not running, like I recently started like doing, I did like an acrobat school where I learned, um, trapeze, um, and things like that. So I think if I start to experience that burnout, maybe I'm going to switch out my cross training or people Mm -hmm. ask me a lot, if I'm ever going to do an iron man, like maybe I can work on swimming. I'm pretty terrible. (laughs) Um, so there's like all different kinds of things that I I can do. Um, and there's a lot of uh, distances and styles of races. Like, of course, Ultra Trail Mont Blanc, like UTMB. There's some like bucket list races that, of course, if I ever get in, I'm going to, you know, Western, St- things like that. Um, so, yeah, I think that's what keeps me going is the fact that there's there's always something new out there, a new challenge.
1: Have you ever done any of the local oriente- orienteering races? Why is that so hard for me to say? Oriente- orienteering?
2: Yeah. Um, I haven't. Believe it or not, I finished uh, the Barclays Fall Classic, and I get, like, lost a lot. Uh, so I guess since you're with a team, maybe I could have other talents to help the team out, but I would probably be last place. Maybe that would be good for me. <laughs>
1: To do yeah So like that. are so much fun um the one the one here in louisville is is so much fun and our running group has, has done a couple of group events with them and you know we just go i mean i'm like don't give me a map just tell me which direction to run and i'll go as fast as i can to get to that checkpoint yeah. but you know that'd be mean and i'm not even that fast but i'll i will i will work my hardest to get to the checkpoint just tell me which direction to go in, um, that's a big deal for me. So, but it's so much fun. It's a lot of teamwork and we will actually take our kids to do it. The kids love it more um, than we do, but it's, it is a challenge. It's a different kind of challenge. Um, I threw that in there a couple of times just to mix it up a little bit and the local um, group that does it here, they just have a ball with it. It's, it's a lot of fun. So something to check out maybe if you wanna mix it up, but yeah, triathlons. Have you, Steve, have you completed any trusts?
2: No, I was just using that as an example of there's always something new out there. Like, I'm going to start a vicious no, no, rumor. We're going to start a vicious rumor this podcast. <laughs> you, you should see me in a swimming pool, and that would answer your question.
1: <laughs> yeah, I didn't swim um, at all growing up. I mean, I could get from point A to point B, but it wasn't pretty. Uh, so my husband, who is a triathlete, was the one that got me in the pool. And I don't know, friends, we, we did a couple of sprint triathlons. Those are a lot of fun. Um, I don't know about a full Ironman but the fun. But yeah, the swimming is the hardest part. I mean, if you don't have that foundation, um, it takes a while. it's very frustrating because especially Utah, I could see you get in the pool and just expect to swim 50 meters without, you know coming up for air and it's hard. It's really, yeah. really hard. So I'm not I' gonna start any rumors. I'm not gonna say that you're gonna yeah. become a triathlete now. <laughs>
2: No, no you wouldn't want me to it would not be fun to follow um <laughs> I'd be like in the water in the Ohio River during the like Louisville Ironman they'd be like all right swimming course is closed what's that thing in the water it would be like me still oh, look, four hours trying. later you know yeah <laughs> oh well he tried <laughs> like everyone's already on the running part
1: yeah you would catch him <laughs> everyone has a weak discipline and try so you would catch him on the run no problem
0: So tell me, I think, maybe um, one
1: day, (laughs) maybe we're not going to say never. Yeah. So for people who are, um, maybe restarting running or, um, are thinking about running because there are some people that are new to running that listen to this podcast and they want to get out of their comfort zone and push and try something different. What advice, um, would you give them? Or do you have, do people ever ask you, you know, how do you get out of what you're doing and push yourself um, you know, from one from one thing to the next. And what advice would you give someone who's looking to do that, but they're a little scared?
2: Um, wow, this is easier said than done because i'm I'm a hypocrite and I think we all are. But as much as you can, um, don't play the comparison game because the dangerous thing, and uh, especially Instagram these days with the amount of like running content on there, the dangerous thing is to people post everything and share everything. Their date like Strava too. You start running and somebody else you're following their running journey and they're starting running at the same time as you. They're getting faster, quicker. Um, you know, there there's a lot like maybe even they're starting to place in races. Um, and, and for me, you know, or I'll follow like women that just had a baby as well. Like you start to play the comparison game. And what I mean, we need to realize is that people are posting that 1%, right? Like 100% of our lives, for me anyway, 99% of it's not very glamorous. So that 1% of the day that I'm posting where it's like, wow, that looks so cool. Like she has it together. No, I don't. Like the dog just threw up in the corner. The baby took off her diaper and is like, try. yeah, no. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: Just Mm -hmm. don't play the comparison game. You are on your own running journey. That's why I like running so much. Like yesterday, I just... I got to, like, be one in a million in the Chicago Marathon, and, like, nobody cared that I was running for fun, and, you know, no one was like, why aren't you sprinting, young lady? Like, it was, it was fine. Just get out there. It's an individual sport. Every day is not going to be a good day, but you also grow from those tough days, so I don't Mm -hmm. know if that's helpful advice, but I feel like I have to address social media these days and running, which seems weird, but like especially with the pandemic like over the past year it's yeah I mean you and I both use it kind of for our businesses too so it's like good and evil but Mm -hmm. try not to get sucked up in those people that are like running seven minute miles every day never take a rest day only drink green smoothies like come on you know they went to McDonald's and they just didn't put it on their story or whatever right just being funny I don't know yeah but like yeah they're that's not that's not reality that's not really what's going on so
1: that's so true it is true I ended up I think Strava now I don't get on it very much I probably have like 2,000 connection requests because I don't get on there anymore it's really hard um and I don't and I don't want anybody to see where I'm at or what I'm doing either it's also a privacy issue but I'm on there because I connected with so many people um across the United States there that I don't have a, you know, social media connection with. So it's nice to see what they're doing, but it's hard. I mean, especially if you stop running for a while or you, you're on a different course than someone else um, to, to watch some of that sometimes. I mean, we're all human and we fall into that trap of comparison. So I think it's a great reminder um, that running is, you know, running is for you And it's your journey and it's going to look completely different than anyone else's no matter how fast you are no matter how long you run Um, there's always somebody else out there that's faster or younger or has a different course than you do and that's okay so um, I think that's a great reminder Um, so I guess um, just thinking about your running journey and the other things that you want to do and by the way I did see you do the trapeze thing and I thought that was pretty awesome uh, but the rock climbing were you on a, like a moving rock climbing wall what was that about? Did I <laughs> yeah
2: I got a lot of questions about that um <laughs> yeah so my like I said my um sisters are big rock climbers and as a kid I I was never very good but um I enjoyed it for cross training slash I still do enjoy it so I was visiting my sister at rock sport um which is a climbing gym and bouldering gym in Louisville that she works at and she was showing me the bouldering treadmill which is not a thing that I had ever known about um so yeah it's kind of just this like rotating wall um and you just keep climbing and it's kind of fun you can like change the settings and I am not gonna lie I was definitely on the beginner (laughs) thank you (laughs) <laughs> yeah like I said injury free is the way to be so I'm trying to right. <laughs> to stay that That's way right. <laughs> yeah
1: well I want to make sure that i put um for those of the for those that might want to um, follow you or learn more about your running journey is your are you are your social media pages public can people follow you there or what's your social media handle you prefer people follow you
2: uh, yeah, Facebook isn't public, but my Instagram is. It's at Tav underscore Wall.
1: Okay, and I'll put that in the show notes too, in case people listening want to check out the um, bouldering treadmill. Post.
2: <laughs> yeah, that cool. was just on my story. So unfortunately, oh it's darn,
1: no oh
2: darn, yeah.
1: It was pretty cool. I I, yeah, I held I, my breath for just a second.
2: My sister did a time lapse video to make me look like I was climbing faster, so that was not really how fast I was doing that.
1: <laughs> see, one of those social media tricks. What you do see is not see? Was always happening.
2: Yeah, no, <laughs> I'm not a spe- I'm not a speed climber. No way.
1: Yeah. Leave that to the other. Leave that to the experts. Yeah. Well, I'm so glad that you came on the podcast today and shared a little bit about your story. I know we could probably talk for a long, long time about all of the things that you've done and all the things that you're going to do. Um, before we leave, though, I did want to ask you because this is the Bluegrass Bammer podcast, and everyone that comes on the show typically at the end will tell me um, when they hear the word or the term Bammer, which obviously stands for a badass mother runner, what do you think of when you hear that term? When you hear Bammer, um, what, what type of person comes to mind? What do you think of?
2: Um, definitely a uh, determined, maybe even stubborn uh, individual. I guess to be a, a badass, you kind of have to, <laughs> like I said, kind of ignore the unsolicited advice. <laughs> As a parent, I think a lot of people are gonna try to say things or influence and yeah, you just kind of have to stubbornly persist
1: so yeah I agree I think with parenting comes a lot of unsolicited advice people are going to just tell you the best way to raise your child without you asking random
2: (laughs) random strangers that's my favorite it's like oh okay don't even know my name
1: but okay, yeah and I think though um it does definitely it's it mirrors running and the in the you know you it's your journey as a parent it's your journey as a runner it's your journey you really have to be um you know, I think women become more confident, not always after they experience, have certain life experiences. And sometimes being a parent is one of those things that will just increase your confidence level because you're going to mess up a bunch, but you know, at the end of the day, the dog's still alive. The baby's great. Like, you know, you've made it through that day and you've, you've been a mom for one more day and it's, it will raise your confidence. Some, some days it'll crush it, but some day and running's the same way, you know, sometimes running can, crush you. And then in other days you're like on top of the world. So there's a lot of parallels there, um, for sure. So I think you're doing a great job. I love watching your journey. I love how much, um, you know, all the adventures that you're having. So being a mom hasn't stopped you from doing still all of those things. So I think you're a great, um, example for other women who want to do that kind of thing. Cause sometimes people will stop doing, Things for themselves once they become moms. So you're doing awesome.
2: You got to do it. You can't, you can't, you know, pour from an empty cup, as they say. You got to fill up your well, too.
1: That's right. So, and That's that right. makes
2: you a better mom
1: in return. So absolutely. And a better partner. I know my husband, one of my kids were really little, would push me out the door when he would come home and make me go run. I mean, he really didn't care if I ran or not, but he would push me out of the house and I would go for run and come back just so much better. Um, not so cranky, and probably better life. So <laughs> yeah, but go
2: get some fresh air. I'll see you in an hour. <laughs> yep,
1: yep. Well, thank you for coming on today, Tavi, and sharing a little bit about yourself and about your journey. And I know people are gonna um want to follow you and just be inspired by you. And so we look forward to being able to see what else goes on and um what your next adventure is gonna be. So good luck with everything.
2: Yes. Time, time will tell on that one. I can never wait too long. So no,
1: no, I know. We'll be anxiously awaiting to see what your next (laughs) adventure is. (laughs) Good luck with everything and go get that sweet baby and that sweet puppy and have a great uh, rest of your trip.
2: All right. Thank you. And I do appreciate you having me on.
1: Absolutely. Bye.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of the Bluegrass Bammer podcast. If you like what you've heard, hit subscribe to the podcast so you can catch the next episode when it's live. Also, you can find me um, on my blog. That is bluegrassbammer.wordpress.com. Or you can follow me at Bluegrass Bammer on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. See you next time. And until then, happy running.